Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorn and Pupnaweve as your hosts, we strive to help you as players and game masters, or as we say, story weavers, from the aspiring to the veteran with questions, ideas, and interviews for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. So grab a beverage, sit with us, and remember, steal everything, and have fun. Today, we have somebody who you should already know about, because you have been obviously listening to Occupied with Stardust and Dragons and the associated podcast Stardust and Dragons, but we have Brandon Hatcher on our podcast today. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you for having me once again. And hey what's that? Is that? Hola. A, is that a bus? And I'm going to push yep. you right under the bus. <laughs> um, so, Max, in the uh, episode three... Uh, which you guys, uh, I think at the time of this recording, it should be out, or it will be by the time this airs, by okay. the way, you know, dates and things. So yeah. uh, she helped right, us with an NPC, and okay. we told you on the last episode that you were going to make a town. So you're going to have to make a town, or I'll give it to you in organization uh, to work with this NPC. This NPC is Elista Skystrike. Elista Skystrike is a hummingbird aracocra and a fighter pilot. Uh, They kind of, we kind of talked about having like a a Gundam-esque scenario with the fighter pilot. So it's very AR tech um, and the, the, the aracocra will sit in the center of it and, and the, the tech will fly with the hummingbird. Um, And uh, yeah, (laughs) So we had this this idea that there's just going to be a squadron of these hummingbird techs, you know, coming at either coming at the party. You know, we had this idea of maybe the um, the 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 spaceballs Winnebago coming into the to the planet, and maybe their communications array is is messed up and couldn't uh, you know self identify, and so these fighter pilots come up alongside them to kind of see what's going on. Planetary defense kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so when you say Gundams, are they do, do they look like Gundams? I imagine they look like giant hummingbirds. Like that's yeah. what we were thinking. It was it was yeah. more okay. of the the okay. internal right. being Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> like a like a pointy like a pointy front and then like a like a round shaped like body, but the wings especially would look like a hummingbird's like moving yeah. quickly yeah, yeah. and, and Max, they kind of maneuver. Yeah, and Max did say like it would have the the capabilities of a regular hummingbird, so it can hover, it can you know go forward and backward and stuff. It. So it's very maneuverable. Awesome. Okay. Okay. All right. And so, I'm so, supposed to be creating a either a town or an organization. You can pick. If we make a town, usually what we do is we do three uh, businesses or storefronts and a uh, associated NPC, and that's usually the blueprint for that that town just to get a story weaver started if we do but an organization if, if you do the organization we'll just come up with three underlings maybe whoever runs the whole organization i'm feeling i'm feeling like i want to overachieve today all right um, so i okay. think I'm gonna, I, I think i'm gonna mix of both um Ooh. so uh how I'm, I'm imagining like a military base kind of a town oh yeah like a, sure like a like a like a state-sponsored kind of uh, kind of deal. Oh, okay. So it's like a so it's like an organization. So like whatever organization creates the hummingbirds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm uh, you know these this these are are how do you say it? Ar- 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 I had problem with that too. 
Yeah. <laughs> Eric Kokra. Eric Eric Kokra. Eric Kokra. Okay. Bird um, people. Bird people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the organization that makes these bird people. Um, you know, they need a they 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 obviously have to launch them into the back so they create this uh this base, this military base and they have um um like a little t- like like a town inside of it, right? Where uh, okay. all of the uh so so basically yeah, you know, the uh, the the pilots would bring their families and stuff. Uh to live to live on this base but it's like a little mini town kind of like a kind of like a pleasantville kind of situation where like okay. everything oh, okay you know it's like it's everything's been constructed in what? a certain way to kind of like remind people of like back home but it's not really back home and then like <laughs> maybe the military base is like hidden up underneath it so whenever uh whenever uh okay. like they need to launch the hummingbirds or something like like the baker shop just kind of like the entire baker shop just kind of moves like out of the way of maybe, like the x-men the x-men like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah where, where yeah. the pool is yeah and stuff and, and then they go fly it out of that or something. I okay like i got it. a question so okay. it, you said you you mentioned state run so is this like uh the whole planet's run by the military um no not the uh no, the whole planet's not run by the military. This is just a. Uh, I would say that like when they're when they're recruiting for these uh for these pilots, right? They recruit all over the place. Maybe even other other planets and stuff. So this is just a way to kind of keep all of the pilots like in one certain area on the planet. Okay. Okay. I like it. So now we obviously have a bakery that yes. has to be. Oh yeah. <laughs> but but before yeah. we do that, I mean, are we going to name this base? Um. Or is it just Area Fifty Seven or something? Area Fifty Seven. Um, <laughs> area Sixty Two. Area Sixty Two. Yes, Area Sixty Two because H is I think A B C D is. Area. Oh, he's 82. going deep in a little. Oh yeah, he is. <laughs> area Area, area Eighty Two because H is the eighth letter of the alphabet and two and B is the second. So second, I like it. I mean, very. There yeah. you go. Area Eighty Two. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's um, awesome. Now I'm gonna say this: it, it's surrounded by this town is just in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's surrounded by these large trees that have these bright yellow leaves. So they lovingly refer to this town as the sunflower. I love it. Um, because you have these bright yellow trees in this this town in the middle of it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, everybody knows that it's a base. Mm-hmm. Um, not many people know the scrutiny that these Aarakocra have to go through to be able to be accepted to this base. Um, it's very difficult to become a fighter pilot with this group because this is just one group of many. Yeah. This is like their elite fighter pilots. Yes. So Ooh, okay. to be accepted by them is like it's the biggest honor that they could have. Mm-hmm. And they're very proud of this. And they're also very proud of this location because not many people know it. Yeah. So, I like it. Maybe that's maybe my uh, like the 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 baker, the um, what else would there be? There'd be a, like a, a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker. They're also <laughs> those are those are their day jobs, but the, those are the pilots. Oh right? hell yes! Oh, okay, yeah. perfect. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So very superhero esque. I love it. Yeah. Let's yeah. go with the the bakery first. Um, and I'm I'm gonna reference uh, Top Gun, and so the bakery shop is going to be a need, K N E A D, a need <laughs> for sweets. 
Um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, <laughs> like that. So who, uh, Thorn or uh, Pop Nueve, if you can come up with a name that isn't, you know, ridiculous like usual, um, for our bakery, <laughs> for our baker pilot, um, let's make this baker, uh, you know, uh, we already have Elista, who's the general. That was what Max's addition was, um, Sky Strike. So let's make the baker like um, a lieutenant or something, something, you know, a higher ranked uh, officer. Uh, who's a pilot as well, what would be their name? Hibiscus. Hibiscus? I like mm -hmm. it. Okay. Very hummingbird. Yeah. yeah. Hibiscus. Is that their is that their call sign too? Cause because Sky Strike was was the call their sign. Their call yeah. sign. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We can come up with uh with another Hibiscus. name. So hib 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 uh, hibiscus will be the call sign for this. Oh gotcha. Okay, I like it. And what would be their name? Um, hmm. Elijah. Elijah? Okay. Yeah. I was going to say Lucy. The... <laughs> Elijah. <laughs> okay. Elijah Hibiscus. Elijah Hibiscus. I like that. Yeah. And, you know... What kind of I a mean, is are are they all hummingbirds? Yeah, I, yeah. The, okay. I think they all have to be uh, hummingbirds. Right, right. right. Um, okay. And I think that uh, hibiscus, despite being such a a calm name, uh, it's the hotshot of the of the squad. I think that uh, you know when they when they take off, you know the it, Elijah has to push this button or you know make a spell or something to move the bakery to be able to allow the mechs to come out and take off um and so he's always the one that has like that that cowboy-esque mount to get onto his uh uh <laughs> mech you know he he has to do a flourish everyone else is already in the cockpit so everyone else is ready to go he's pushing the button and the bakery's going and he's got to do some stupid flip in the air just to get into the the ship because why not he's the hot shot he's the best the only person who's better than him is Elista, and that's coming up. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get that record. <laughs> and that like that it. could be something that could be fun as well as have some kind of like a, a speed maneuverability skill check or something, some kind of skill check challenge, you know, for the party if they were to ever show up here. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Thorn, or well, actually no, I'll throw it to Pup. Pup, what is uh, our next uh, store in the base? Oh, um, it's a butcher shop because okay. we're, we're gonna do the baker, baker, butcher, and candle maker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. why not? I love it. But since hummingbirds are like <laughs> hummingbirds, don't traditionally eat meat. Um, right. It's a butcher of flowers, so like it's a flower <laughs> butcher. So they grow like these like sentient flowers that oh, have God. Like, <laughs> that like have Jesus. consciousness. Why? And, and they <laughs> and they make and they make these they make these drinks that are like full of like all the nutrients that all the, the yeah all the need. nectar the blood and, of the um, flower <laughs> yeah and they like they cut the stem off and the, the flower like screaming they take like a blender into the top like, why blend it in. oh i love that i'm imagining i'm imagining like venus flytraps <laughs> yeah yeah like, they have They're to like, they have to <laughs> chop the head off and it like inches around on the floor while it's like trying to bite them <laughs> Once they once they snap that Venus flytrap's head back like where like it's like stuck, there's all this like yeah. juice in there, and so the hummingbirds just kind of like reach in with That's their the hummingbird. That's good stuff. Beat. 
Yeah, yeah. it's like mm. like a straw. Wow. Um, okay. Stuff. That gonna, went dark I'm, quickly. I'm gonna throw it to Brandon then, because Brandon. I like this. This yeah. is serious. Uh, hummingbird. Hummingbird. So, uh, so, what's the name of this flower butcher shop, Brandon? The name of this flower butcher shop. Um. I have one in the bank just in case. I do too. Um, <laughs> I don't. Pies, pies and petals. Pies and petals. Um, that's just what I came up with on top of my head. What do you guys have? So mine was the budding buddies because they're Ooh. sentient flowers. <laughs> uh, my, mine was making the cut. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> I, you know what? Let's go dark. I like it. Making the cut. <laughs> oh my god! Soon as he said sentient, I was like, "Son of a bitch!" Yep. <laughs> Making the cut. It's a butcher shop. I don't know. It what is. To tell you. Yeah. The flower. The flower people are very peaceful. But they usually don't bring the cows in yeah. and you kill them right in front of them <laughs> and I imagine shove them like into a, a blender. I imagine like a vegan butcher shop. Like they just collect the flowers and then <laughs> oh, treat it like no. a like treat it like a butcher shop, but it's not really. But you it's really all vegan. The, the of flowers and everything. Now this yeah. is meat. Yeah. <laughs> they have they have like mouths and like some of them look really cute, but they're delicate. Oh my god. And they're like. They're like, we were here before. That's enough. We'll be Pop, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> they speak too? Oh my god. It's yeah. it's the little it's a little star on the Mario Brothers movie. It is waiting for star. death. Yeah. It's waiting for death. It's waiting for yeah. We're gonna die. Yeah. So Brandon, uh who is the moderator of making the cut? <laughs> Who's who's of, this end of making the cut? Um, the the so the butcher, right? Yes. Um, his name is um. H T Featherland. H T Featherland. Yes. He is a now he now see because he could because he works with in the butcher shop right so he's used to like you know chopping the heads off these things he's a no nonsense, uh kind of older older gentleman uh kind enough but he's he's the guy that you call to get shit done mm -hmm. you know like when when uh when may, maybe not the highest charisma you know he's not the negotiator <laughs> of the group or sure. anything but but just like you know he handles everything the way he handles his butcher shop like when those little creatures come in and he one one straight uh, swipe of the knife to cut the head off uh so that he can make this food that's how he, that's how he operates his mech too like very very precise he's a prop very i'm imagining a very lawful guy very stoic mm -hmm. quiet yeah okay i'm i'm imagining like a like a sergeant type of character yeah uh, yeah, yeah you know because i've met a few sergeants and you know every time you say sir they go oh no i work for a living so you know <laughs> <laughs> um i i see him as the one that always welcomes the newcomers yeah okay would he's just try to scare the shit out of him right away yeah, right. welcome, welcomes like giant air quotes like. And I, I like I like his call sign to be Featherfall. Featherfall, Featherfall. hell yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. And then, for whatever reason, we have a candle shop. Um, you know, and I think oh, I'll, I'll throw I'm my twist up this. into it. Okay. Okay, go ahead. You do oh, well, you first. 
Well, remember in arc one of our campaign, we actually had a candle shop that had magic candles. Yes. And when you lit the candle, depending on the duration, it cast spells. So these oh, cool. are, yeah, so these are our candles, incense, all kinds of things that aid the military process uh, in the base. You know, if there's and even... they, they are right. laced through with stardust. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I like That's that. That's how you yeah. get the effect. <laughs> okay. All right. Stardust candles. You've, Got it. You've heard of drinking stardust. You've heard of snorting stardust. Now lighting Stardust on fire sounds like a really good plan. <laughs> Instance, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I would take you one better if you do this, if you actually bring this into the game, and because we know the volatile nature of Stardust, when you light the candle, you have a 1d20 roll, whether it's going to blow up or not. Oh, yeah. And yeah. If it lands on a natural one, it explodes. Yep, it, it explodes. explodes. <laughs> and, it says, and it says, there's a sign on the window that says, we are not responsible for exploding candles. Right. <laughs> Very specific. The warranty yes. is not valid. Yeah. <laughs> All sales are final. All sales are final. No returns. Yeah. It says it says all sales are final when you when you walk out the door. And so he's kind of set up this accidental thing where people try to light candles inside the store. Like, no 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 no. Just to test it out. Be like no no no. Yeah. No no no. No, no fire, no fire spells allowed inside at all. So, uh, Thorn, yeah. what, could, what could be our candle name? Our candle I'm shop working name. on the last name. We're going on a call sign right now. I think our first name should be Soraya. Oh, you're going for so, the NPC? Okay. Yes. Oh, it's called Oh, oh the, the name of the candle shop? Yeah. Uh, burning at both ends. <laughs> Done deal. Y'all are that quick was easy. with it too, man. That's good. When he said candle shop, I was like, ooh, burning at both ends. Yes. Burning at both ends. <laughs> and they sure as hell are at this place. <laughs> yes. All right. And, and you said Her Saria? name is Soraya. 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 I haven't thought of a call sign yet, though. So, Pup, what do you think a call sign could be? Uh, Sunflower. Firecracker. That's the name of the Firecracker. Town, dude. Firecracker. Firecracker fine. I'll take that one. Oh yeah, I had to do word association in my head for a minute. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> right. I like it. Okay, so we have area eighty-two, which is, you know, lovingly called the sunflower. We have a baker shop named A Need for Sweets, who is run by Elijah Hibiscus, the uh, the hot shot of the group. We have a flower butcher shop making the cut. H.T. Featherland, call sign Featherfall, and the candle shop that has magical stardust candles burning at both ends, Soraya Firecracker. I love it. That's... I, listeners, that's all you need for a town. You need three things, you know, three people that they can come up with. And then every everything else you could do on the fly or, you know, have a list of some NPCs on the side just in case they want to know more people. Uh you know? Keep a list of names. Keep a list of names. Lord, That's... keep a list of names. I keep... Everybody always asks names. Yeah, yeah, I keep a list on the side, and I have fantasy, ninja... fantasy name generators.com always just up. <laughs> I actually have name... a funny story about that. Um, Go for it. So when, so when we were recording Stardust, and I don't know... Uh, I don't know if you can tell uh, in the episode, but um, when... 
when we were recording Stardust and uh, they got to the they got to the cluster, I think in episode three, mm-hmm. they kept asking the names of everyone. Yep, so the, I noticed. So the dude, yeah. <laughs> so um, the guy, I think uh, the valet when they were trying to park their ship, then I think some some kid came out and gave them a flyer. They were like, "What's your name?" And I just had to. I did. I, they caught me yeah. lacking. I didn't yep. have my stuff, and I was just <laughs> throwing names out, just trying to try to come up with it. But I had definitely have a document with a list of names. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and as a an addition to that, if you don't have a list of names, like Brandon unfortunately didn't have for that episode, when you come up with a name for the love of all that is holy, write it down. Write it, it down. down. Because if I... not, the party will come back. <laughs> And be like, yeah. so where's Gregory? And you're like, who the fuck is Gregory? What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> or you can have five renditions of Gorm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, Gorm? Rome. Yeah. Rom. <laughs> Confuse the hell. In my game, I had I had like five renditions of the name Gorm. And then I didn't help matters because <laughs> in the game, I was, I was playing in his campaign. And my character's name was Gromp. So, oh wow, yeah, yeah, and it was just—it just kept going back and forth. Grump, no, he's Grump. the worst with names anyway. I True. had a guy named Torn. His name—it was a paladin, a lean and panel paladin named Tornalin, and okay. everybody called him Torn, and he kept saying Thorn, Thorn. Yep. And like, and so is that where Thorn comes? From? Yes, that's where it comes from. <laughs> That's where Thorn comes it, from, and it was That's so great. immediate too, because we were we were talking about call signs and stuff, and Illidan's, you know, my my LARPing name. So when I was like, "All right, what do you want your your call sign to be?" He's like Thorn, and I was like, "Isn't it Torn?" He's like, "Not anymore, not anymore." <laughs> <laughs> the best way I to changed... do it, you just lean into it. Yeah, <laughs> I changed the fates of my characters. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna call me that. Okay, so. We're going to go through some questions, and we, we tend to ask most of our, our interviewees these, these questions. Uh, but it's it's basically, it's curiosity on our part. We really want to know. Okay. Um, How does it end? You, you said uh, when we talked on, on Occupied with Stardust and Dragons that you had started playing when you were 16. Yep. That is right. Do you remember your first character? <clears throat> the first character i ever played or the first character i ever made either yeah um the fr- well the first time i ever played i played an npc basically mm-hmm. uh i was um they kind of had to they they had to like throw me into the game kind of in a way okay. so i was so i was a i think i was like a soldier who was a prisoner who had been uh who had been a te- being held host- held prisoner by the bad guy that they were fighting and so when the heroes came save everyone like it was my chance to escape so i spent so i spent like my first time playing dd i was in handcuffs it was like what do you do i was like i try to get out of the handcuffs (laughs) 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 and i remember spending it was a lot like you know not it was a lot like uh that scene in um the dungeons and dragons movie where uh, mm-hmm. dudes try to like get out of the restraints on the stairs like <laughs> i spent way too long overthinking how to get out of handcuffs you know instead of like like using my imagination for real i'm like well can i like i was like if it behind my back can i like uh like put one leg in front of it and, get, <laughs> and put him in the and it was it was so it was so like involved in everything and it was like okay dude just relax and play the game you know like yeah uh so that was the first character i ever 
played. He didn't have a name or anything, but that was this. I just remember that because like <laughs> all the action was happening over here, and like I was just like, "Don't kill me." Um, <laughs> the first character I ever made. Um, the first character I ever made was a. Uh, <clears throat> he was a Air Genasi. Okay. Um, yeah, cause he, and, and my, and I, I'm, I like making like thematic characters. So I remember picking a bunch of like air-based spells and like mm -hmm. trying to like flavor it to where like, you know, he could like, he, he was kind of like an airbender kind of guy. Yeah. I played a couple of games with him, but that was the, yeah, that was the first one that I ever, uh, made. Yeah. What was it? What system was it? Five, uh, four E? Um... It was like it was like a homebrew system based off of 3.5. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's when I first started playing. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Throwback. Three point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 3.5. So much math. Yeah. Yeah. 3. Yeah. 3.5. <laughs> I didn't know anything about 3.5 or anything like that. And um, because I because when I first started playing, uh, I was playing with like. A bunch of guys that were like twice my age um hmm. and uh <laughs> yeah um funny story i was actually i think it was like a friday um i was supposed to hang out with my girlfriend at the time and uh her dad and his friends were playing D D, and i was like they sound like they're having way more fun over here Damn. so, <laughs> so no nah, it, nah, it was cool she was cool about it though. but um so i went over there and i was like let's go and kind of got it and that's kind of how i got introduced to the game was uh and you know they've been playing for a while and they all told me that uh don't don't learn for uh 3.5 is what they were what they played so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah four i it had its uses <laughs> not many I've actually, <laughs> I've actually never played never played a game using that system before so but. you know i have the uh the player's handbook for fourth edition mm -hmm. and i use it to aid my spells in fifth edition like i will give my players different <laughs> uh skill sets and feats and stuff from oh, okay. fourth edition and yeah. it because they they did have some creativity in there and you just have to fudge a couple of the you know like the the math and stuff because there was still it still had a lot of the math from 3.5 so it's like yeah you could roll the hit plus 26 and you're like the fuck no <laughs> yeah no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but it, it was still fun you know and uh at least having the the names of things and, and being able to, to just make feats um it gets the co uh, creative juices flowing a little bit more yeah speaking of that though how as a as a story weaver and especially since you've been playing for so long how do you come up with either new ideas or reskin old ideas for your games especially now with stardust and dragons Um, just are you a genius and it just comes out of your brain, or are you pulling from from movies and books? Nah, and I mean, I think I think you kind of. I mean, I think everything kind of comes from somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. I think what I think you do kind of put it put a fresh coat of paint on stuff that you've seen. Uh, what I try to do is like mashups. Okay. Um, like I love mashups. Yeah, like different genres and stuff. Um. I played. Uh, I was running. I was running a game, like an in-person game, that it didn't. It didn't last very long because you know scheduling and stuff. But it was yeah. like a, it was a tribal Lovecraft game that Ooh. I was really proud of. Oh. Yeah, 
it was freaking awesome and i wish we could have continued it but yeah like uh the whole thing took place on this island and there were like five different tribes and all of the players were a part of all of the players were in one tribe and so half of the game was like a you know interacting with the other tribes and their leaders and stuff like that and um you know making sure that uh your tribe was cool because i think what what of the players was a uh, was a uh, like the chief and you know they all, they all had like certain roles within the uh within the uh they all had certain leadership roles within the tribe and then um there was this plague that was like affecting the land and stuff so you know it was causing like you know tensions and like you know there was like this whole resource thing because you had to go out and you hunt for your food and stuff like that so uh so yeah and like like uh, so, so i slowly started introducing these lovecraftian elements into it and stuff like uh one guy got yanked down and they yanked down in this pool while he was fighting the alligator he had like uh got confronted by this like cthulhu-esque monster and um in that moment became a patron of uh, became his patron and so he came out as like a um whatever the whatever the water-based uh oh uh, the warlock uh, was the deep i think it is the, oh yeah yeah the the um yeah the deep one yeah the i think yeah, it's called the deep one. one yeah yeah i think yeah. it's called the deep one <clears throat> Yeah, you know, that's the one so he, lets you produce a tentacle, right? Yeah, yeah. So he, so, <laughs> so he got to uh, become a patron of essentially the villain, <laughs> and, go, and and walk back and walk back to the tribe like, hey, I completed my first hunt. They're like, so how did it go? He was like, it was fine, so, and 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 stuff. And one of the and I remember one of the players like uh, rolled a perception check and realized he didn't have any scars on him the entire time. <laughs> it was like, what's going on? So, so there was going to be some intrigue and stuff, but they were going to uncover this whole, like, uh, this, this whole thing. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, that so, really uh, cool. yeah, yeah. To, to actually answer your question. Yeah. Um, I like, I like mashing up genres and, um, just telling stories in, I'm kind of obsessed with like story structure mm-hmm. and, and, and using it to like tell a story in like a different way. Or like okay. even like from a different perspective, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like uh, kind of like how like like in Stardust and Dragons, how like you know the entire first arc is literally just like the party coming together. You know, yeah. like let's mm-hmm. let's 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 chop the rest of it off and let's focus in on that. Like, what does that look like? And how can we like what's the story there? You know, mm-hmm. like how can we how can we how can we take take the three act structure and put it in like just the first act of like a uh, you know the party coming together. You know, yeah, and, and, yeah, you know. That kind of stuff. which is genius in my opinion but, because it really draws you in and gets you attached to the characters yeah yeah it's worked true. amazingly well Thank so you <laughs> you said you liked uh you liked combining genres what is your favorite genre to write into uh horror man i love <laughs> horror jesus tell me yes. more yes. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I, think I love horror too. <laughs> horror is one of those like I don't know. I've I've always I've always liked horror, like even back as a kid and stuff. Um, and like I've just always remember like writing short stories and 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 stuff like that. But uh, it's but I especially in D and D because like you get to play with people's perceptions and you get to play with like kind of you know because because you go into it you think oh, okay you know you got your vampire you've got your zombies you got your werewolves and blah 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 but then like you look into the D book and you see something like a yep hound in there mm-hmm. or or <laughs> something and it's like okay yeah i'll throw this at them and see you know and see what they do and because because especially like with seasoned players they immediately start going through their rolodex of like creatures that they fought before yep. and so it's really cool to like 
kind of watch them Scooby-Doo or Hardy Boys it to like, you know, ask certain questions and try to figure out what, <laughs> what the creature is. And then, and then if you could actually scare them, like whether it be with an image or a description or like you just start rolling dice or you just say, you know, oh, that NPC that you were traveling with? Yeah, he's gone. Oh, when, when, did, when, did, he, when did he disappear? I don't know. You failed your perception check. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah, your character doesn't know. It's like, oh, guys, you know, or like yeah. uh, even even taking advantage of like playing online, you know, DMing someone information that the other yes. part that the rest of the party doesn't know, and then watching that play out as they're like, uh, guys, 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 don't go in there. <laughs> like, why? What's the problem? And, and just seeing all of that play out, like, yeah, like. Horror is one of those, you know. It's it's a universal language. Everybody knows what it feels like to be scared, mm-hmm. and and it's cool to be able to like kind of like pull those strings when when I find it a ch- like a challenge, like because the players know, okay, try to scare us, you know. So like, right. if I can, yeah. if if as a DM I can actually do that, it's like yeah, kudos to me, you know. Yeah, awesome. and that's and that's the thing is that you know like we've all played against a dragon before or a cave troll or something, right? But when you when you bring out a Yith Hound or my personal favorites are the False Hydra or the yeah. Night Stalker, like when you really get those going, it, it can really change uh, a player's perspective on on their character's life. <laughs> yeah, and and monsters in the in the monster manual, even like dragons, even ones that people commonly encounter, they should be they're not creepy in the sense of what you're playing as, like you're like a you exist in the world where magical creatures exist. But mm-hmm. if you use description to describe them to a player and describe them creepy enough, especially like a dragon and the way that they look and they coil or the or their movements and stuff, yeah. that will scare people. <laughs> like oh, it's man. just even that, something that like stumbling into a dragon's lair. Like exactly not even not even describing him in his full <laughs> split. They'll just be like, you know, hey, you you feel like a real hot gust of wind hits you from hit hit the back of your neck turn around and you look you lift up your torch and you just see a, a dragon snout just blowing <laughs> air as he's sleeping yeah you made a dragon torch it's like oh snap you know yeah <laughs> hey hey we're level three while well, you're in a dragon's lair sorry yeah Good you luck. went there what do you do <laughs> right well, speaking right. of speaking of horror um and bringing it back to stardust and dragons uh do you are there any are there going to be any horror elements that are going to be popping up soon that you've like incorporated into the game um yeah ish uh (laughs) towards towards the end um towards the end you guys are on what episode four now so so yeah uh like like towards the end i'd say the climax is pretty pretty creepy um yeah, yeah no, I'd say no spoilers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no spoilers. Right. No, that's all I'm gonna say. I, I I'd, I'd say this climax is pretty creepy. That's cool. <laughs> so okay, so one of my one of my things I like to ask is, um, do you play or have you played any other uh, thing besides Dungeons and Dragons? Um, any other TTRPGs? <clears throat> I was really into Star Wars for a while. Nice. Uh, the Star Wars TTRPG is a lot of fun. That's fun. Um, yeah, uh, going back to the mashup thing, I ran a, I ran a year, and, I ran a year and some change long campaign. It was a Star Wars crossover with Marvel, mm. and um, instead nice. of, and so instead of the Infinity Stones, I created uh, these Force Stones, 
and <laughs> um they were all kind of riffs off of uh the infinity stones and so i wrote them i wrote them up as individual magic items Perfect. and um yeah and uh like this this was a while ago so i wasn't as creative as i am now but um that the villain was dark thanos and they basically played through like the infinity saga where they had to like track down the the uh, the four stones and avoid the sith and all this other kind of stuff it was, it was a lot of fun we, they had a we had a whole anime time skip in there it was crazy like <laughs> uh like like uh like the party separated and then they came back together like three levels higher and stuff um i remember uh one guy uh one of the players was like he was a soldier and um and they, they were literally at war with the sith you know trying to try to take up this planet and stuff and um one of the other player characters was a jedi and he had a vision that the planet was going to explode so at that moment the players had to make a choice on or, the, or that the, the 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 soldier player had to make a choice on uh and he and he tried really really hard to like get <laughs> like to uh to convince like um his 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 uh his, the NPCs you know the other people in his in his squad or whatever is I think his his uh his yeah his, his basically his squad mates you know to come with him and stuff but uh but his commanding officer 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 Violet I think was her name like she wasn't having any of it she was like we're so <laughs> close we're we're knocking on their door and you want us to retreat soldier you better get in there and fight and so he essentially defects from the military because he's trusting that you know his friend the Jedi had this vision that the planet was gonna explode and so he had to hop in the ship and fly off and like watch all of these NPCs that like he spent like the last five games with just dying <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was it was gut-wrenching and super emotional but I made him a. It, it's cool though. He ended up being like the king of the Mandalorians at the end of it, so it was all fine. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's consolation prize. Yeah, and that that actually brings up a good point. If you know, because you were talking about scheduling issues, if you have scheduling issues, splitting the party is a great way to still get your D and D fix. Oh, yeah. um, you know, because if you're like, oh yeah, I mean, I can do you know something with you and you. And then, you know, the next day or the next evening or something, and especially now with Zoom and, you know, just instant messaging in general, uh, Thorne and I constantly text back and forth different different stuff that's going on on the side. And, you know, if, if talking about the horror aspect and you were talking about uh, DMing somebody when you're playing online, um, I love seeing my players at the table all look at Thorne's phone when it just dings and they've seen me just they, they put they see me put my phone down and his goes off and he's like oh <laughs> just yeah. what's what's going on don't worry about it <laughs> it's great yeah it's great because you know, it, it, it lets you know you've got them you know like yeah like not only in game but like at the table you know or like on you know like like they're captivated they're like well, what was you know just the phone going off it's like yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, the or secret roll is always my the favorite. The secret roll is the, the best roll. one. <laughs> Just and roll the, some uh, dice. What are you rolling for? Don't wait, worry wait. about it. You'll I see. will do it for nothing. Yeah. I will just roll dice. Yeah, I will say though, you know, as a cautionary tale to the the newer story weavers, don't always do it for nothing. Have it mean yes. something, because yeah. otherwise, then that the uh, it'll lose its luster after a while. Like, oh, they're just rolling for nothing just to try and scare us. But right. if you have something, you know, if it if it just so happens to land on that nat twenty, and you look at it, and your eyes get really big, and then you're like, okay, guys, so uh, here's what's gonna happen. And just like put, you know, I have my computer open. I've had it where I've closed my computer, you know, <laughs> and just been like, all right, <laughs> so let me describe what's gonna happen to you guys. And I'm like, what? What the fuck? We didn't do nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think I think you're illustrating a very interesting 
and often overlooked point is that like as the dm everybody dms differently but you are essentially like the narrator right. of the story and the narrator sets the tone like plays a very important part in like you know how the other characters are supposed to feel like if you like like that dragon encounter if you describe you know like say you stumble upon a sleeping dragon as the narrator, if you describe that in like kind of a kooky, funny sort of way, it pulls all of the tension out of it, you know, and it and it and it signals to the players, oh hey, this isn't as serious, you know, we can kind of joke around. Whoa, wouldn't it be weird if, you know? Yeah. As opposed to it being like serious and like just taking a different tone, you know, mm -hmm. like low, <laughs> lowering your voice a little bit and 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 really, you know, really focusing it like guys <laughs> like yeah. this is what you see and and just adding that level of like 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 severeness to it changes the changes that entire scene completely like yeah. and I, that it's such a, it's such a cool way to like uh you know like set the tone you know mm -hmm. and on that same vein uh because i'm currently having this issue um how for newer story weavers how do we come up with villain monologues Oh, write them down beforehand. Okay. Absolutely. I yeah, or or at least at least a little bit. Like mm -hmm. yeah, nah, I I prepare if if your villain is if if it's going to be a scene, mm -hmm. yeah, write it down. Absolutely. Have it have have have, have your words prepared and rehearse it and make yeah. it mean something, you know? That's that's the time where your acting chops got to come in a little bit. You really got to like, you know, go in. My so how would how would you uh, how would you structure a, a, a monologue? You know, even if it's a, a small one, you know, right immediately before uh, combat, like maybe you only have a couple of minutes for the villain to say his piece. I think. Uh, well, I think the question there is, uh, how do you want the players to feel after the monologue is over? Um, do you want them? Do you want them to feel like defeated? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like do you want them? to hate this guy do you want them to be filled with righteous fury like oh screw you let's roll initiative you know yeah or you know do you want them to be terrified afterwards like how do you want them to feel and then you know just kind of work backwards from there is what i do so like you know if it's a villain monologue you know and this is the villain's time of triumph you know mm -hmm. like at that point to just contradict what i just said to that point it's like if i was gonna write it like that i'd be like okay as the villain I don't even care what the players think at this point. This is my moment to shine. And that's mm -hmm. what I want to show to the players, you know? So, so you know, I want to, you know, he's going to be arrogant. He's going to be over the top, you know? And then even as the narrator, like, if they try to interrupt, I'll say, he doesn't let you interrupt. He holds up his hand, you know, and continues <laughs> to go, you know, like, 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 force them to watch him chew the scenery and enjoy this moment, you know, kind of make the make them be like, somebody needs to shut this guy up, you know? Yeah. Like, like to like you know build that kind of thing you know i like it awesome yeah. no that's that's a perfect way to describe it because that's it's definitely how, how you make you want your players to feel yeah, yeah. for sure and i've yeah. had plenty of crap like really good monologues by the villain and really crappy ones so <laughs> yeah 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 the players will do that to you sometimes man i remember i was running candle keep uh candle keep mysteries uh for Ink and Liar, and um yeah, they were, uh, my villain was trying to monologue, and they just kept saying actions that their players, that their characters were doing. They were like, 
okay, well, I'm going to drop my sword. I'm like, wait. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, walk over here and prepare for when this monologue <laughs> is over. I'm like, no, this is a cutscene. You can't move right now. <laughs> like, you know, so, but so, so sometimes, I mean, and I think those are the moments when you realize, like, this is like collaborative storytelling, you know? Yes. And mm -hmm. there are going to be those times where the players are like, skip cutscene. Like, we don't want to hear the monologue. <laughs> we're trying to, we're trying to throw hands now, boy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And so I guess that that would be uh, the comment to uh, new players too is is sometimes you just gotta let the DM go for a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, because because as a story weaver, we we always try to let the uh, the party go. You know, if, if they're RPing between people, we're not gonna be like, all right, so what do you guys are you guys going to the next you know store or whatever? You know, if we're doing like a, a shopping thing, like mm -hmm. let them you know. Lean let back in your chair. Yeah, let it breathe and, and let them RP for a while. And it, it's vice versa for the, the story weaver as well. Um, my favorite story so far is my wife, uh, Raven. My first uh, villainous monologue that I did for this table, she started clapping. It was like, ooh, a villain monologue. And so I let that be in character and I cut my monologue short. And I was like, okay, roll initiative. And he attacks you first. <laughs> That's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't get to suck the energy out of this. No, nope, it's we're okay. going. <laughs> sure. You, you cut me off. I'm bad now. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, let me ask you this. This kind of goes, it's definitely going to be a story weaver question. Mm -hmm. um, if your table gets a little out of hand with certain things, how do you rein them in? um gently yeah gently uh you know D, D. I would say the best D, D games require trust between the players and the dungeon master like i'm, I'm gonna use candle keep as in another example because it so so the world i created was very serious right like stuff was happening the library was under attack you know people were dying mm -hmm. the characters were just not having it man they <laughs> just and and so i think you as as the dungeon master you have to have a, a certain flexibility right yeah like you have to be okay with changing things about your story uh because it is collaborative oh, yeah. so like as long as the bones are in place right the story that you want to tell is the story that you want to tell mm -hmm. uh and sometimes it does take you know reining them in um you know that could be anywhere from you know just start narrating events that are happening in the story and the players will come along uh start rolling dice <laughs> to get their attention you know um or you know you could even some and sometimes you just got to be like all right all right all right so here's what happens next you know and and just just you know move the story along but if 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 your characters are if your players are like kind of getting distracted by stuff i think that's a good thing in a way because it means that they're enjoying your world it means that they're lost in the sauce it means that they're imagining it means they're they're imagining what their characters are doing you know mm -hmm. like you know like we've all had moments you know in in it when you're in a dungeon you don't just go straight through the dungeon and clear it out you know like sometimes you want to open every chest sometimes you want to talk to every npc and personally if somebody cares enough about the stuff that i've created to talk to every npc and open every chest that i've come up with thank you you know because yeah. 
because that means that you see the same thing that I see that I in my head, you know, when I tried to create it. So like, it's not always a bad thing. You know, obviously, yeah. you know, there's time constraints and you want to get through the story and stuff, but like, let let them play it out at their own pace. You know, mm -hmm. if you mm -hmm. if you if you had a giant dragon fight that you wanted to get to in this game and this was going to be the game chill homie you know they're, <laughs> they're still they're still in the dungeon you know no yeah. one's died the dragon's still there you know maybe that'll be next week's game you know because th because this week you know uh this week one of them you know one of them really wanted to kill a rat and the other one wanted to save it and so they had so now the party has a pet rat it's like <laughs> that's you know man that sounds like raven yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we you have, know? and then we have like seven other non NPCs. They're just sitting there. She saved that I have to, <laughs> that I have to play every single session. <laughs> Keep track those, of those are the types of things that you literally can't write. Those are the things yeah. you can't plan for, and those are the things that your players are going to remember because that's them putting their mark on your story. Yeah. There you go. That sure. that's the perfect that. way to put that. That is. That is yeah. the perfect way to put that. I love that. I'm gonna clip that and put it on TikTok. So there you go. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of which, um, I am really curious about this. What is your favorite creature to run in your games, like uh, from uh, D and D? Sheesh, I don't even really. I don't think I have one. Um, because I really like things that poison people. Um, because I'm a terrible person. <laughs> you like to kill good. people. I like that. I've never actually ran uh, a creature that poisons people before, but that would be super interesting. Oh, it's gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah gross. <laughs> Holy crap. I don't know. Um, I, okay. I will say, like, I like running vampire games for new players. Hmm. Um, I f because... Oh, we got to talk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's up? Uh, have you ever played World of Darkness? Played who? Nuh-uh. World of Darkness. Mm -mm. That's vampire, werewolf, changeling. Uh, there's um, so many different games in this Primordial. one world. Primordial, and it's um, it's a world modern day, but modern it's day. dark. Yeah. I mean, it's called World of Darkness. Yeah, it's so, it's giving me Ravenloft vibes, kind of. Very. Yeah. Hello, okay. very, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's oh, one sure. of my favorite games to play i run werewolf vampire i've run a bunch that of sounds them. Like mummies one of them Ooh, okay. uh, oh yeah mummy oh, and they make you be become cool an egyptian from yeah. back then you're this many years old and just got out of the casket i mean it's really cool it's yeah. a simplified version but it's mainly an rp based system oh okay so yeah. it's a lot of rp which personally i love right yeah, i get yeah, yeah. sick of rolling yeah right but it's that's the fun it's stuff. very heavy rp and it's such a fun game and you play well, as the monsters yeah yeah you play you play and there's one yeah. called hunter where you can be the guy that hunts them yeah or you, there's also like a bunch of companion ones where you can play as people who aren't monsters but have like monstrous qualities like serial killers or oh dope okay. yeah people who are like yeah. like um I think like a veterans another one like someone who has like seen like war and, well like, you could has, you like, could also be aspects. like uh somebody in a werewolf's family because werewolf and the lycanthropy in, in world of darkness isn't because you get bit it's hereditary Ooh. so it skips generations 
Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, when they see you, when when regular humans see you change, they have a chance to go insane. And their madness table is not nice. It's not <laughs> yeah, nice at, at all. all. <laughs> um, at all. Also, you can play as a mage, and if you do magic in front of people who don't know what magic is, you're basically bending reality around you. People will go crazy as well. They're losing like, their minds. Yeah. They're losing their minds. Magic. They it, they can't comprehend. The stronger spell because the magic system is you create the spells like what you want to do, but it like there's like whiplash back. So mm -hmm. like the stronger your spell is, the more the more it has the ability to make people around you um, perceive it and like go crazy. It's okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. No, that sounds really cool. I need to. Yeah, I would totally. It's a good. It's a cool system. It. It's. I've been playing it for decades. It's. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So what I'll do, since, you know, I've got big brain motions here, uh, I'll send you the PDF of World of Darkness. Please and do. And we, yeah. do we can do a one-shot. Oh, I'll run that. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. Oh. Yeah. Hey, hey. I, uh, bring back my vampire. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no vampires. No, that, that would be cool. <laughs> See, because, yeah, I would, I would love to, like, be in, like, a horror game like that. I don't get to play in a whole lot of them. Yeah. yeah, and Thorn's really good at it. I mean, the, this last one, like we went, we were in the world of Jack the Ripper. You know, we were in London during that Yo. time. Oh man, it was. I did a whole time travel thing. Yeah, I put them. I gave them so they were hunting a certain thing, a certain person, and if they didn't find it in this many sessions, that person left. He was just gonna be gone. Yeah. So then, so the people that knew what they were there for, which were few and far between, and usually it was the bad guys that knew it. When they send whoever's playing, who at that time was whoever was killing people as Jack the Ripper, um, they sent him back in time. So they oh. were there to attack him and fought and got caught up and it gets sent back with them. So it went <laughs> from it went from Jack the Ripper to the Salem Witch Trials. Holy crap. Okay. Yeah. And I have I have like again, I have like three characters floating around in that world because <laughs> I can't seem to keep my characters straight. <laughs> um but yeah yeah it's a lot of fun so we'll definitely have to do that for sure yeah, oh, yeah. we'll definitely talk oh, about yeah. that for sure oh yeah so it's uh, just that i like to talk about other tabletop role-playing games besides D D. yeah right 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 because well, they're then, a lot of fun yeah there was, and the thing um, is this uh the, this podcast we try to keep it you know a, a wide umbrella because it, it's just it's tabletop role-playing games right and so we we try to make sure especially that role-playing aspect of it we that's what we'd like to enhance for the players and for the story weavers yeah you know? so talking about other tabletops potentially doing this one shot with you uh in world of darkness we can see some of those creative juices uh flow in in other things so. exactly i love to hear that you're a horror fan it's so amazing <laughs> that's, that's I, his shtick if you haven't that noticed. is my thing that's, that's our horror i movie. love horror awesome. i love yeah. i loved uh ravenloft i love the book that came out for it like i consistently reference all the creatures in there and like yeah the, the characters and i'm like yes more horror give it to me ravenloft is one of the only uh like i still have like the physical books of ravenloft <laughs> yeah yeah so we're coming up on an hour for our recording time already already yeah yes <laughs> uh yeah and i obviously we're gonna have you on again we're gonna uh, we're gonna have to um, yeah because it's we obviously can talk forever about just about anything in these games <laughs> <Yes>. and, <laughs> <laughs> um so actually 
brains going in different ways. So we, we have this one shot that I would love to do. And that one, it will have to figure out what's best time for you. Because obviously we're busy with get Stardust and Dragons and trying to get things rolling with that. Yeah. Um, right. So <clears throat> figuring out the schedule for that. But at least a quick one would be another interview style like this. But helping us build a new campaign for new story weavers. Yeah. We could just start oh, that would a story. Be awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. That'd be great. I'd love to do that. Cool. That sounds awesome. All right. Yeah. And also <laughs> and go one step past that, I would love to get him on here and have him make his World of Darkness character. Ooh. Ooh. See now we've just gotten three episodes out of you. I'm mean, <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. Um we're gonna good. need verbal confirmations on the recording, please. <laughs> we'll send you um, a contract to sign. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. No, yeah, I'm definitely definitely down for the one shot, definitely down to come back. Uh that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh making my I, I like I like the little brainstorm sessions that y'all do. That's that's yeah. unique <laughs> and interesting. I love that. Yeah, yeah the we brainstorming we throw off each other sometimes gets a little wild. It does. But, we come up it's, with the craziest stuff sometimes. Yeah, it's a lot like, of fun. We like put a couple 82. of those on Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of content on Patreon. Speaking I of Patreon. <laughs> Speaking of, good yeah. segue, good segue. Right. Both of us uh, have a Patreon. So this Dungeon is Occupied Patreon uh, has bonus content. We have NPCs of the week. We have Towns of the Month. We have, you can, if you get the uh, $35 tier, you can play a game with us. If you uh, go into a higher tier, we will make a game for you. Um, and then we have uh, what we call the Elon Musk tier. It's $5,000 a month and we will fly to your house and uh, completely make a new campaign for you. Whatever you would like. It is the yes, sir tier. Uh, <laughs> but that's a Hey, we got to throw it out at least once in a while. Right. <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com slash this dungeon is occupied uh to find that all the links will be in the doobly doo in the podcast notes but since we are partners with brandon hatcher and the rest of the crew at speakeasy productions they have a podcast or a patreon as well patreon.com speakeasy productions um and that one is only five dollars you get bonus content for their stardust and dragons podcast uh, a lot of stuff is already posted they just launched two days ago, the, the podcast. Episode one has just launched. And mm -hmm. there's already, I think, 13 posts on Patreon right now. So yeah, get in. Yeah, a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, get in there while you can. Um, and with, with that, remember to check your dungeons, because this dungeon is occupied. Weavers, thanks for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review us, as this is how we can grow the podcast and our community. If you think we missed something, have a specific question, or would simply like to send one of us a message, you can contact us at thisdungeonisoccupiedpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to help us keep the lights on, we have our Patreon page and our merch store, which are found in our link tree in the show notes show note section, and we are now affiliated with arcanavolt.com, where you can get dice, apparel, and other goodies and help us at the same time. That link is also in our link tree. Our intro music was done by The Hobby Hub and Saturn Imaging Production. We have their links in our show notes so you can go check them out. Thanks again for listening. Have fun. Steal everything. And bye.